Hallelujah. God is worthy to be praised. You know that part where it says, you're the everlasting God. We could just rest right there. But then it says, we, we set our hope on your love, the everlasting God. Amen, amen. We thank God for all of you this morning. Again, welcome to Lighthouse Christian Center. Truly believe that we have a word from the Lord today, and we're just so honored that you all came out today to my, my family, Prophet Hinton, Sister Alicia, glad to see you in the house today and your family. We're just so honored today that, that God has allowed us another opportunity, another chance to get to know him, to go deeper in our relationship with him. We woke up this morning, we were informed that today would be a rainy day. But even though it may be raining on the outside, the sun is shining on the inside. And I'm not talking about the S-U-N, but the S-O-N shining in all of our lives this morning. So for that reason, we have reason to give God praise this morning going to ask if you will pray with us um, and then we're going to get into the word let us pray gracious father it is again that we come and giving thanks unto thee for thy word father we thank you for all that are gathered here today to hear and to partake of your word father it is my prayer now that as i decrease that you increase and that you speak through me oh god to bring life to the here and most of all to those who will do your precious word. Father, I pray right now for those, Lord God, who are gathered here today. Father, you know what sacrifices they had to make in order to press their way. But Father, we pray that you will bless them in their pressing, O oh God. For Lord, we know that there is a blessing in the pressing, O oh God. There is a blessing for those, Lord God, who will persevere, who will continue, Lord, not just start the race, but finish the race. But more than that, Father, we know that you promised to be with us, never to forsake us, but to be with us always. And, Father, for that, we want to thank you. Even when we don't feel it, oh, God, we know that you're still there. And, God, we want to thank you for that. We want to thank you for your protection. We want to thank you for your provisions and how you provide, how you look out for us. Father, we just want to thank you for your mercy and for your grace that's everlasting. Your mercies are renewed every morning, and Father, we want to thank you for that. Some of us messed up on yesterday. Some of us didn't quite get it right, Father God. Some of us said some things that we wish we wouldn't have said, that we wish we could take back. Some of us may have done some things that we should not have done, oh God, wishing that we could take it back. But God, we thank you that your mercies are new this morning, new this day, oh God. And Father, we just ask, oh God, that you will get the glory out of this day in our song, in our worship, in our praise. And through this message, oh God, we pray that your people will be blessed and you will be glorified. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. 
praise team did an awesome job as always God continued to shower down his blessings upon all of you all amen Matthew chapter 5 we're going to be looking at verse 3 and we're going to read all the way to verse number 12 Matthew chapter 5 I'm reading from the New King James Version. Some of you may have a different translation in some of the verses. But nevertheless, we will read what thus saith the Lord. Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they shall revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I would like to use for our subject on this morning, which way? is up. Which way is up? Now then, Pastor Todd, before you were born, you may have heard of Richard Pryor, but he had a hit movie that came out in the 70s, Which Way is Up? And what I discovered was his life was a mess. And he left town and went to a different place in order to get his life together, hoping that things would work out for him. And so as I was reading uh, this text, my mind uh, came to uh, the subject of which way is up. When things are going uh, awry for you in your life and and nothing seems to be working out right for you. You wonder which way is up. How do I get myself out of this predicament that I find uh, myself in? When you find yourself in the pursuit of true happiness, you ask the question, which way is up? What is it that I have to do to, to be happy? What do, is it that I have to do in this case? What is it that I have to do to inherit eternal life? When we read these verses, we understand that these are the verses that describe the characteristics of kingdom men and kingdom women. Jesus spoke these words to uh, uh, mostly those who were his disciples and those who were following him. And some were following him from a distance. Let's set the stage. Now, Jesus came and John the Baptist was on the scene. Jesus came to be baptized by John, and, and John baptized Jesus, and uh, the story goes on to say that uh, John was imprisoned, 
And when John, I saw this, Pastor Taz, the other day. When John was in prison, Jesus started his ministry. Jesus began to be noticed more so after John had been in prison. You remember John said, he that come after me is greater than I. He said, I must decrease, but he must increase. But I saw that Jesus increased when John was in prison. That doesn't sound right. Which way is up? Sometimes the things that seem strange, the, same, the things that seem weird, if you will, are actually the things that God is working through or the things that God is working in. John understood that his ministry would decrease and Jesus' ministry would increase, but he didn't know how that was going to happen. And so it is. We as people, as men and women of God, we want to know. The question is, people are asking, how do I get to heaven? How can I make it into heaven? How should I live as a child of God? What are some of the characteristics that I should possess as a child of God? In this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus presents the foundational idea that describes life in his kingdom. Y'all didn't get that. Jesus presents the foundational ideas of what it looks like to be in the kingdom. Now then, when we look at the verses, and we're going to talk about them here in a moment, but when we look at the verses, they describe those who are blessed. Anybody in here want to be blessed? I think everyone would raise their hands and say that I would like to be blessed. So if you will, we're going to look at the verses again. Now this time, pay close attention. Verse 3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit. That is to be conscious of one. That is to be conscious of the fact that I am totally dependent upon God. And not only that, but it says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you want to go to heaven, you need to understand that you must be totally dependent upon God, dependent upon him for every aspect of your life. If you want to be blessed, you understand it says, blessed are those who mourn. That is, those who are saddened by the things that sadden God. That is, the sadness uh, of, of the sin uh, in the world today. That is something that saddens God. It is the consequences of sins that saddens God. God is saddened by the fact that people are losing their life outside of having a relationship with him. And thus, those people will not and shall not inherit eternal life simply because they do not have a relationship with him. But you and I that have a relationship with him, even though we suffer loss, we suffer loss of relationship, loss of loved one, guess what? It says we will be blessed. And not only that, it says that we will be comforted. Anybody in here willing to testify of the fact that I have lost some relationship, I have lost some loved ones, but even in the midst of that, God comforted me. And the fact that God comfort 
me today, I'm able to talk about them. I'm able to talk about what was and now isn't. And I'm able to do it and not break down with tears in my eyes. I'm able to look back and think about the good times and think about the things that God blessed me to do. Think about the relationships and what God blessed us to do together. Think about how God brought us from a mighty long way. Think about the seed that was planted in your life by, let's say, your mother, let's say, your father, let's say, your grandma Neilman, Papa Neilman, all of them, your cousins and aunties, and all of those who've gone on. Then we are comforted by the presence of God, knowing that even though they are gone, he is yet with me. So it is, I understand that I am blessed. And then when I look at the word, it says, blessed are the meek. The meek are those who are humble, humble in spirit. It does not mean to be meek and to be humble. It doesn't mean, don't get it twisted. It doesn't mean that I'm weak. It just means that I'm humble in spirit. It just means instead of me putting them up and doing what I used to do, I let God fight my battle. That's what it means to be meek. To be meek means to learn how to submit my will to his will. It means to learn how to lean and depend on him. So it is, it's in that that I'm blessed. Not only am I blessed, but it tells me for I shall inherit the earth. Mm. And then I look at blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know it is how it is when you get hungry and you feel like you need to be fed. When you get hungry and you need food, you get weak. But blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That is having the right spiritual appetite. Anybody in here has the spiritual appetite. That is to be fed by the word of God, to meditate on the word of God, to drink the word of God, to eat the word of God. Anybody in here hungry and thirsting for the things of God, for the righteousness of God? Not my will, Lord, but let your will be done. Anybody willing to testify that that's what I'm willing to do? If you're willing to do that, if you're hungry for the righteousness of God, if you're hungry for the right things of God then guess what you'll be filled um, and then it says blessed are the merciful yes what does that mean mercy my brothers and sisters remove the misery that you and I ought to have received mercy my brothers and sisters it spares us of the punishment that you and I deserve merciful merciful means that you're willing to forgive those who have wronged you you're willing to turn the other cheek when people mistreat you you're willing to continue to go on and extend mercy because you you have received mercy. It says this, you are not only blessed because you are merciful, but guess what? You will receive mercy in your time of need. Mm -hmm. And then it says, blessed are the pure in heart. That involves bring, bring, being authentic, being authentic, being one who is truthful, being one who will not try to hide their fault, but being one who will confess their sins. Blessed are those who will not hold envy and strive, anger and all of these types of things within themselves. Being of a pure heart means understand that I'm not relying on myself, but I'm relying on God. Understand that in order for me to please God, my heart has to be right. 
But we understand that it's not uh, what goes in, but it's what comes out that defiles of man. And we understand that when envy and strife and anger and all of these things come out of our mouth by the things that we say, it tells us that our heart is not pure. Number nine, blessed are the peacemakers. It is, it is to be a peacemaker means to be in harmony. It means to be a mediator, but to resolve conflict between what is wrong and what is right. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was our and is our mediator. He stands between us and God. When God looked down upon men and looked upon the heart of men, he saw that all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. But Jesus Christ is the mediator. He is, if you will, he is the peacemaker for you and I. And not only that did he come and he set the tone, he set the example, but guess what? He left behind the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes intercessions for you and me. He makes intercessions to Jesus and then Jesus translates that to the Father. And so you and I, my brothers and sisters, are able to pursue peace and we're able to walk in peace because now we are called the sons of God. The sons and daughters of God, if you will, you and I are called the sons and daughters of God if we are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteous sake. Guess what? Being, being, being blessed for righteous sake and being persecuted for righteous sake is going to hurt a little bit. It means that there are going to be times that you're going to be mistreated. If you're going to walk with God, if you're going to be his disciple, you're going to be mistreated. You're going to be talked about. Guess what? Simply because you have your mind on kingdom business. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be put down. You're going to be talked about. You're going to be criticized. I got to step on toes. You're going to be talked about and criticized by those that you love. That Even some of those who are supposed to be your family. Even some of those who are supposed to have the same blood running in your, their veins as you have running in your vein. The same folk will talk about you. The same folk will put you down, criticize you. Don't understand they can't walk in your shoes. My size is a size 13. I don't think many of them could walk in my shoes. I don't think many of them could go where I had to go. I don't think many of them could go through what I had to go through to be here today. But yet you have a nerve to stand up and talk about me. Yet you have a nerve to stand up and criticize me and talk about what I should have did what I should have said, not understanding the fact that because of what I went through, yes, I did that. Yes, I was there. Yes, I was in that relationship. Yes, it didn't work out. But look at me now. I'm who I am because God did it. Not because of anything that I've done, but I who I am today because of what God did. And because God did it, his word said that I'm forgiven. His word said that I'm righteous. His word said that I'm clean. His word said I'm the head and not the tail. So I understand <laughs> If I'm going to be blessed, I got to be talked about. I got to be persecuted. I got to be misused if I'm going to be blessed. But the part that they didn't know while they were talking about me, while they were persecuting me, while they were saying all kind of evil against me, they missed the part that says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I got to take my coat off because right there, right there if there was a reason if there was a reason to shout 
It's the fact that out of all the things, out of all the things that I've been through, I still got heaven in my view. Heaven is still on my mind. And according to what the word says, the word says that heaven is mine. If I'm willing to go through, if I'm willing to be talked about, if I'm willing to be rejected by men, if I'm willing to have people turn and go the other direction, if I'm willing to have people lie to me, if I'm willing to have people lie on me, then heaven is my home. Heaven is my game. So I'm not upset about the fact that people are talking about me, that people are calling me everything but a child of God. And then and then it says, blessed are you when men shall insult you, when men shall persecute you and say all kind of evil against you. He said falsely for my sake. But then this is the part, the part that we've been trying to get to. He said, verse 12, we are to rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward. No, it may not be down here. No, it may not look like it down here, but it says great is your reward. Great is your reward, the word said, your reward in heaven. See, what I understand in kingdom business, your treasures and your reward, not always down here, your treasures and your reward is up in heaven. Every now and then, Pastor Top, I can imagine in my mind, when we get to heaven, what it's going to be like. I can imagine in my mind, when we get to heaven, what my treasures are going to be. I can imagine in my mind all the things that I had to give up for the right. All the relationships that I had to give up for the right. When I get to heaven, all the things that we had to leave behind, the things that we had to give up when we get to heaven, Pastor Todd, I can imagine in my mind, the Lord will say, that's your room right over there. And then I look, and I look at the room, and I say, wow, where did all this stuff come from? And he said, the persecution, the trials, and the tribulations that you endured while you were down there every day, that you endured hardness as a good soldier. You were laying up your treasures, your treasures here, your treasures in heaven, and the relationships that you lost, the people that walked away from you. Look, you see that crowd over there. That is the folk that I use you to bring into the kingdom. That is the one over there. You remember them. That's the one in the state of Michigan that I told you to give her a chance. And then she died and she's in heaven. But she's over in your line to lift her hands and say, yes, that is the one. And then remember the one back in Kansas City. All those that you touched their lives, even from little boys, young men, you told them, pull up your pants, straighten up your shirt, tuck in your pants, tuck in your shirt, put a tie on, because you were telling them, if you want to be something, if you want to be somebody, you got to wake up, wake up, and pay attention. And then you look at those, those where the churches that you went to, that I had you to go and preach the word. You preached the word to them, and some of them, they didn't like it when they heard it. Just like medicine, don't always taste good, but it's good for you. And because of the fact you were obedient in telling them what thus said the Lord, they made an about faith. 
they made a turnaround. They got on the right track. And because of that, they're here to raise their hand and say, yes, that is the one. And then, and then, remember the young ladies who were on the edge, didn't know which way to turn, left or right, thought about giving up, giving up their child. Remember her? When you talked to her and you told her, that God did not want you to abort your child. And she said, I don't know what to do. Remember you prayed for her? And remember she came back and told you a couple of years later, Mr. Charles, do you remember when you talked to me, told me not to have an abortion? Right here is my little daughter, my little baby that I'm thanking God for. If God had not used you, I would have had an abortion. Yes, that was just one. But remember her? Yes, you talked to her too. You told her the exact same thing. And not only is she here, but there's the baby. There's the little girl. There's the young man. I use you to make a difference. So when you look at your room and you see all the treasures, all the treasures, when it looked like, when you were down there, it looked like nobody was paying attention. Guess what? You were adding more treasures, more treasure to your room, more treasure to your room. So now then, brothers and sisters, what I want y'all to understand today, that when you're living for God, you're going to have to give up right sometimes. You're going to have to give up what seems right sometimes for what looks like is wrong. But you stand on the promises of God. And then, and then, and then, when someone comes to you and asks you, brother or sister, which way is up? You are able to point to them. As David said, I look to the hill from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. When you're down, going through, you're down in the valley. You'll be like David, who said, the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want her. And then, and then, and then, and then it says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And then, and then it says he restores my soul. And then he says my cup running over. And not only that, but surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not some days, but all the days of my life. Then, and then you can tell them that is the reason why when someone asks me which way is up, I'm able to look up, I'm able to point up and know that God has made a difference. He's made a difference in my life. He's made a difference in my life. I got, I got just a little more. See, see what I understand when we're looking and we're trying to understand which way is up. God told Isaiah, he said, my thoughts, y'all got to get this, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. The Lord declared this. He said, as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways. Not only that. See, understand that upside down means, get this, upside down means, what should be up is turned upside down. And what should be down is turned upside up. Now then, many people believe that when Jesus was teaching and when he was talking during this time, that the things that he was saying it didn't make sense. But it is our system, and I'm going to give you an example. It is our system that's turned upside down. It is our mindset, our thinking that is turned upside down. Get this. We live in a culture that's thinking 
it's been turned on his head. We live in a time when we call what is wrong, we call it right. We call what is right, we call it wrong. We're living in a world that is distorted or confused because of all the rules and moral changes that has been instituted by man. We as a people don't know which way is up. We get upset over someone losing their life in a senseless killing and senseless shooting. We're willing to go on Facebook and talk about it. We're willing to pick up our phones and call somebody and talk about it. We tune in to the nightly news on all channels to talk about it. But guess what? We're okay. We're taking the lives of innocent babies. And you know how we do it? We say it's my right to choose. The commandment of God says thou shalt not kill. Exodus 20, 13, in case you need reference. Then we get mad and we get upset. When someone says that a God-honored marriage is between a man and a woman. Genesis 2.22, then the Lord God, the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. Genesis 2.24, this is why a man leaves his father and mother, is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. But we get mad when someone says that, sir, you are a man. We get mad when someone says, ma'am, you are a woman. Because God created you that way. See, we got to be a people that will tell people the truth. And what I got to tell you, that if you are confused about who you are, it doesn't make any difference how many drugs you take, how many operations you have, or who tells you it's okay. God created you male and female. In Genesis 5-2, he created them male and female. It says it there in the word. Male and female. And not only that, but when he created them, it says he blessed them. God has blessed you to be a man, to be a woman, and you want to change that? You are blessed. It says he blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. So don't get it twisted. Don't be confused. Don't let anybody confuse you and cause you to not know which way is up. Look at the word. Read the word and follow the word. Now, brothers and sisters, we need to take some serious corrective actions in our, in our thinking, in our upside-down perspective, the way we think, the way we look at things, the way we view life, the way we even view God. When we look at Jesus' opening statements of blessing, guess what? Known as the Beatitudes, these are the attitudes, these are the characteristics of those who are blessed. A lot of people are shocked to see that it, challenging, it challenges the way that you and I think, the way that we respond, the way that we act to various things. It challenges us to look at it from a different perspective. 
the right perspective. When we look at the Beatitudes, they are a code of ethics for disciples. That is Christ's followers. See, see, when the world reads this, those who don't have a relationship with God, it, it's confusing to them. It doesn't make sense, but to a Christ follower, a disciple of his, this is the standard of conduct for all believers. Now then, I want to talk about being a disciple. As I was talking about backdrop. See, Jesus, when he started his, his ministry, he was walking uh, uh, along uh, the seashore and and he saw uh, Simon and, and, and his brother Andrew and y'all know Simon as Peter saw them and, and they are fishermen they were fishermen and Jesus called them to come and follow him and then he went a little further and then it says he saw James and, 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 and his brother John and he called them to come and join him they were fishermen he said come and follow me and I will teach you to be fishers of men what I saw is that when he called them, y'all, listen up, they immediately dropped their nets and followed him. Now, isn't it interesting that they were with their fathers fishing? Zebedee's sons, they were with him. He says they left him in the boat with the other servants to follow Jesus. What I'm saying to you, if you want to know which way is up, you want to go to heaven, you must be willing to deny yourself and deny other people. Because guess what? God calls you. He called you. Didn't call his father. Left him in the boat. Didn't call the other servants. Left them in the boat. But he called you. And you must be willing to deny yourself, to deny other people to follow him. So Jesus called them. Jesus goes about casting out unclean spirits. Jesus healed Simon Peter, his mother-in-law. Not his mother, but his mother-in-law. She had a fever. If you read it, Jesus healed her. Jesus went on. He went into the synagogues teaching and preaching the word. And not only that, but he was casting out demons. So his fame grew immediately. His fame grew and spread it everywhere. And so people were in some areas, they, they were coming to, to, to hear and see what, that's how we got to the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus got away, as he often did, got away, spent some quality time, got away, and the people followed him. And so as the people were following him, remember I gave you four. Jesus started talking to them and telling them what heaven is like. See, they didn't know what heaven was like. He just said, follow me. They didn't know at that time. They heard, I'm sure they heard about him. But he said, follow me. And immediately they dropped their nets and they followed him. But as they followed him, they began to see the miracles, signs, and wonder that followed him. And so Jesus set them down and he began to teach them to be attitudes. This is what it's like, guys, to be in the kingdom. This is what it's like to be, to have a kingdom mindset. All of these things, the beatitude that I read off to you, that's what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. It's understanding that each beatitude tells you how to be blessed. In the beatitudes, guess what it does not promise? 
The word does not promise laughter, pleasure, or earthly prosperity. Say that again. You read it for yourself. The words do not promise laughter, pleasure, or earthly prosperity. So Jesus turns the world upside down of happiness, turned it upside down, their belief. To Jesus, happiness means hope, joy, independent of out, outer circumstances, to find joy and peace in him. So if you're longing for happiness today, for peace and joy is found in him. You must be willing today to make the decision to follow him at all costs. Jesus said God's kingdom is organized differently than the world's kingdom. In the kingdom of heaven, wealth and power and authority, positions, they're not important. In his kingdom, what matters is to be faithful, to be of obedient, of heart. This past Wednesday, we talked, Pastor Todd's taught on faithfulness, and that word's just been popping up left and right. But it says, in his kingdom, what matters is faithfulness. Kingdom people seek different blessings and benefits than the ones of the world. So the question that you have to ask yourself today is, what is my attitude? Is my attitude on kingdom business, kingdom perspective, or is my attitude full of selfish pride, a lust for power, or do they reflect a humility of spirit, self-sacrificing as a Jesus follower? James 4.10 tells us that we are to humble ourselves before God and he will lift us up. See, we've been trying to figure out how to climb that ladder ourselves, but it says that if we humbly submit ourselves before God, he'll lift us up. So you want to know which way is up? It's through Jesus. What Jesus called blessed, the world called foolish. After all, who would describe being poor, grieving, persecuted? Who would call that blessed? Those of you who came from humble beginnings, testify you know when we didn't hardly have a whole lot Pastor Taj we were happy when I had to go around barefooted because we had a pair of shoes and that was for Sunday and then I looked at my brother and my sister and they were barefooted as well I didn't know any difference When I only had a few pieces of clothing, only had one or two suits to wear, and we had a vest that came with it, so y'all know where I'm going. So you took that suit, and you got three different wearings out of it. You wore the pants, not the vest, not the coat. You wore the vest with the pants, and then you wore the whole suit all together. And then, and then if, if mom was able to, to get you a shirt that wasn't white, because most of them were white, that was the shirt. You wore white with everything because it matches everything. But if you happen to get a shirt of a different color, then you could wear those pants again. 
And guess what? We were happy. Many times, what we ate was chicken. Fried chicken. Baked chicken. Barbecue chicken. Burnt chicken. We ate chicken. We ate beans and cornbread. Now, what I noticed is that every, almost every one of my grandmother's children cooked cornbread different. And my mother put her own little twist to her cornbread. And, and everybody, once they got a taste of her cornbread, they, they, would, they would like, can, can you ask your mama, can I have a, I said, no, you go ask her yourself. Can I have another piece of cornbread? But guess what? We were happy. We didn't know when the cheese, the government cheese, y'all remember that? And the syrup, the peanut butter. We didn't know where it came from. We didn't know we were poor. That's why we got it, because everybody else had it. What, 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 what I'm trying to tell you is that kingdom perspective is very simple. To be kingdom-minded is simple. It's not complicated. We complicate it because we start chasing after all these things, all this other stuff. But Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things. That's what you need. It's going to be added to you. So I don't have to worry about that. So if I want to know which way is up, it's look to Jesus, who's the author, and he is the finisher of our faith. So this morning... As you sit there and you listen to the message, because I know for me, I was like, Lord, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Because out of all the blessings that you're sending my way, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to mess up. And, it, and, and, and what I saw just like with the fishermen, y'all. When he called, they didn't hesitate. They didn't make excuses. This is a busy day for my dad. This is fish season. We, we, we got a big catch we got to bring in. They didn't make any excuses. They immediately followed him. So my question to you today is what's stopping you from totally surrendering to him? What's stopping you from giving your all to go all the way with him? Is it people? Is it stuff? Is it the pursuit of riches and wealth? Because in the end, only what you do for Christ is going to last. All the chasing that we do down here on this earth, it won't matter in the kingdom. It's only what we do for Christ that's going to last. So I'm going to tell you, there's time has come that you and I must shed some stuff. We're carrying around weights and cares that God never intended us to carry. And so today, we stand... With the doors wide open, I'm going to ask everyone to stand. As you're standing, <clears throat> you know, we used to, back in the day, you know, they, 
We say the doors of the church is open. And so when the doors of the church would open, it's saying, you come. People came. Some came because they were looking for a church home. If that be you today, we invite you to come. And then they would say, perhaps there are those who are standing that, in, that is not in right relationship with God. You know you're not in right relationship with God. You come. And then they would say, you who gave God your hand, you said, Lord, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But you've allowed the cares of this world to blind you to the point to where you don't know which way is up. And so you're limping. You're limping along through life, hoping that no one notices. I'm going, but I'm limping because I got a weight that's weighing me down. I want to be free to be all that God has called me to be. And this is where you come. See, what I liked about back then, Pastor Todd, is that people were not afraid, didn't care who was looking. I want to be free. So if I got to be the only one, then I'll go. Then what I saw is that when one came and others realized that they were not alone, then they came. Because tomorrow isn't promised, and I don't want to leave knowing that I had an opportunity to give it to God. And I walked out that door. I kept my mouth closed. I didn't go up because I didn't want anybody to think whatever they think. But I just read to you, the Bible says you're blessed. If someone wants to talk about you because you came up for prayer because you knew you were not being all that God called you to be, you were not walking the way that God would have you walk, and you worried about what somebody's going to say, this is heaven we're talking about. How do I get there? We got to be willing, the word says, to confess our sins. And God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And sometimes, y'all, we get weak. And we need strength. That's you. It's your time. If y'all got it like that, then I guess you don't need prayer. But Pastor Todd, I think everybody needs prayer. Because if y'all got it like that, I want you to tell me.
So we all know. Because we struggle from day to day. Things we have to resist. So as I was looking at this and I, and I was talking to the Lord and I, and I said, Lord, what is it that, that I need to do? And what I saw just like those disciples, those four men at that time, they left everything to follow him. And see, we can easily let go of people who don't like us or we don't like them. That's easy. But when it's someone that you love, when it's, when it's your family, when it's your children, and you got to let them go, and people don't understand, and they talk about you, because you made a decision to follow him, you got to keep making that decision. Keep making that decision to do it God's way. That's how you make it. That's how you get there. So I'm going to ask everyone, Pastor Todd, if you will, the oil is as a point of contact. We're going to pray for God to meet you wherever you are with whatever need that you have this morning. It's not his will that any of us perish, but all come to the knowledge of truth and all come to repentance. Don't hold anything back. He wants us to come to him. And all that came to him, Jesus didn't turn anyone away. I have not found it where he turned anyone away. All that came to him with the right spirit, with the contrite spirit, a broken spirit, a sorrowful spirit. Jesus didn't turn any of them away. He healed. He delivered. He set free. He cast out demons. He opened blinded eyes. Jesus caused fever to be gone. He healed the lame. He healed the leopards. And Jesus forgave the sin of the woman at the well, the woman who was caught in adultery. Jesus healed. Jesus forgave the liars, the cheaters, the murderers, the backstabbers, the persecutors of the church. Not only did he forgive, but he used these people. And the same God wants to use you. But you got to be willing to surrender. Let it all go. Don't worry about what people say. They talked about Jesus. And they talked about the prophets before. So they're going to talk about us, prophet. But we are to be exceedingly glad, for we know greater is our reward in heaven. Let us bow our heads. Gracious Father, as we stand here this morning gathered around the altar, Father, we have some things that we're carrying a load that's too heavy for us to bear. Lord, our desire as we stand here is to please you in every aspect of our lives, is to surrender those things that's not like you to you, Father. Help us, God, to leave them at the altar this morning, Father. Lift the heavy load. Lift the burdens, oh God. Lord, the things that we've been carrying, Lord, that we think others are unaware of. 
But God, you know everything there is to know about us, for you created us. Father, I pray this morning, Lord God, that you will strengthen us where we're weak, oh God. Give us courage, oh God. Give us staying power, oh God. Give us a mind, oh God, to totally surrender to you and allow you to fix it, God, for only you can fix it. And if you don't fix it, Lord, it can't be done. But Lord, we know that there's nothing impossible for you. Father, we surrender everything, every relationship, every heartache, every disappointment. We surrender it to you, oh God. The pain that we've been carrying around for years on years and years. And Lord, it's almost crippled us a feeling. But God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you will touch. Touch the stony ground. Break it to pieces, oh God. That you can put them back together, oh God. That they can be a people that's free to serve you with everything that they have, oh God. Help them, Father God, to surrender to you this morning. To not try to hold back the tears. To not try to hold close the door that you're trying to get into right now. But God, help them to let go. Help them to let go, let go, and let God. Help them to let go and let you come in. Oh, Lord, that you can show them the beauty of what it is and what it means to be a kingdom child, sons and daughters. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you will touch him. Touch him right now, Lord. Tear down the walls. Tear down the walls. Break down the door. Whatever it is that you got to do, Father God, do it. Do it, Lord. Do it right now. Do it right now in the name of Jesus. So they can be free, Lord. Release the shackles, oh God. Off the hearts. Off their ankles, oh God. Off their minds. Give them spiritual vision, so, Lord God, so they can see with clarity that I've been called to this place. I've been called to this place in God. I've been called to this place because he wants to go deeper. He wants to go deeper in me. He wants a deeper relationship in me, with me, to take me further than I ever dreamed possible. But it's only possible if I'm willing to surrender and give it all to him. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, as you're doing it, oh God. You're doing it, you're doing it right now, Father. You're doing it right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you. Thank you for it in advance. Because I'm free. I'm free today. I don't have to carry it anymore. I've given it to him, and I'm not going to take it back. I'm not going to take it back. I declare and I decree I'm not going to take it back. Lord, it belongs to you. I'm willing and I'm determined to go all the way, all the way with you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, and Lord, I declare it to be so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Give him hand praise because he is worthy. He's worthy of the praise.